heart and soul of a nation, beckons the call. The voice of our forefathers heard in the distance. A house divided against itself cannot stand. To reclaim our honor. honor. Our soul. The challenges of a generation call out. Future generations hang in the balance. We choose liberty. This is the voice of a nation. The nation. The nation. The nation. And now, Malcolm. The one thing we can determine and agree on uh, as we look at the Middle East and the conflicts that ensue there is that, well, history has a tendency to repeat itself. And that is a statement we'll make right up front in the program here, and it's a very accurate statement. And probably it's the only statement that both sides would potentially agree on. Uh, so how do you change the uh, the predictable uh, nature of things out, the tra- trajectory of what we've seen historically? That was part of uh, what the equation that Donald Trump and his administration brought to the table with the Arab leaders out there and Israel, he brought a, a different context to the uh, uh, environment out there. So instead of going at it and attacking it the way most administrations have uh, with the Israeli and Palestinian conflict at the heat of that, uh, two, you know, two states, uh, uh, can they both exist is the question they're always pushing, right? Uh, what he did is isolated it and went after the um, the Arab leaders in a way that created a unique partnership with with Israel. And that was step by step by step. And there was tremendous traction. In fact, for the first time that I remember in, uh, wow, a long, 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 long time since a young boy that we were talking about some sort of peace in the Middle East, because it really has become a bit of a standing joke. You have to get to the core of the problem, uh, my friends, to really understand what the problem is. And if we don't understand what's at the core of the problem, we are never going to be able to fix the problem. That's up front here. Most, most important. I think everybody was concerned with the Biden administration and his relationship uh, to uh, Israel. I think uh, we've seen how the Democrats have handled um, the relationship with Israel prior uh, we, we've seen that in real time. And I think a lot of people were questioned and very, very concerned. And now we've seen a lot of this uh, has been undone, the progress that was made totally undone. And then we see the conflicts that are arising. But again, the story even goes deeper. So there's a multifaceted conversation I'd like to have today with each of you, my fellow Americans. And it is not only the state of all of that out there, of that conflict we're talking about, but also the conflicts specifically about Jews all over the world. Uh, why are uh, why Western democracies, uh, very much the United States as well, why they continue to abandon the Jewish community? Why historically we've seen that to be accurate? Uh, and, and maybe you agree with that statement, maybe you don't. Uh, but uh, that is the essence of what I'd like to talk about today. Uh, you know, there's there's a lot going on as well to remind you all that is distractive politics, remember. One of the things that happened in today's um, uh, political programs is there's a lot, a, a lot of shiny objects out there. You see what I mean? Shiny objects. And that's what really feeds the, the news feed. And then you really lose these big principled conversations that we don't often have. Uh, this is one of those today that where you do a deeper dive and really understand, uh, um, you know, how we got here and, and how do we uh, 
how do we change this? How do we make more awareness? It really is about awareness and moving minds to really understand the problems out there in the Middle East here. Now, a couple of interesting things to start off here before I bring on some special people and we'll talk about this a little bit more. Um, this uh, recent conflict here, which is a place to start here, let me read you from the Brookings Institute. I wanna read you some, um, I think that sets the table really, really well. They say here, uh, once the latest confrontation between the Israelis and Palestinians erupted in April, few expected what was to come from the Biden administration. Resistance to condemn even the clearest violation of international law and human rights by Israel such as the plans to evict Palestinians from their homes in a Jerusalem neighborhood. Even before the condemnable Hamas rockets began flying into Israel, in the process, Biden's image, his agenda to lead on human rights and international law, and his support from key Democratic constituents at home have been badly damaged. So one of the things we've seen historically with these conflicts here is they typically, as you see with the United Nations resolutions, is they blame Israel for the constant conflict out there. That is the go-to source for all the problems. And no matter who starts or instigates the conflict, that's, that is the blame. And you're seeing it right here with just about all the stories I see on this. So you have to look a little deeper and say, why? How come here? You know, why, why is exactly there? Now, uh, we're going to bring on here, let me start off and tell you, there was a very fascinating, I mean, a terrific article that is worth your time to read that is entitled Jews All Over the World, Once Again Abandoned by Western Democracies. It's, it's a thought-provoking read, as many of his pieces are, and it is from uh, our, uh, uh, really, somebody who's got his hands all over this topic and has really dedicated his life. Uh, to what we're going to talk about today, and that is IQ Al-Razuli. Uh, let me bring on IQ now with us, and we'll we'll start off IQ talking about this. And before we go, IQ, and talk about this, I want you to take a moment, please. Uh, I just want listeners to understand the context of you and, and our other guests as well, but start with you, and let's talk about I want to talk about, just take a moment, your, your background a little bit, your, your ethnicity, your background, uh, just so people have the right context of who you are and why you're so passionate about this, please. Well, I was born in Baghdad, Iraq. My family, very educated father and mother, they sent us to excellent schools and universities. Uh, I was not able when I was in Iraq, for example, know much about the Bible because it, we were educated in the Quran most of the time. That's besides studying uh, physics, chemistry, and everything else. But when I ended up in Europe and I was able to access information at the libraries at the time, there was no computer. And when I investigated the Quran and compared it to the Bible in the sense, because in the Quran, there are verses which are taken from the Bible and from Apocrypha and also from the New Testament. So when I compared them, I was shocked. Not a single verse in the Quran, which is attributed to the Bible, is correct. Not one. All of them are wrong. Wrong in time, wrong in space, and no information whatsoever. For example, 
They speak about Abraham and Ishmael. They don't tell you where they were born. They give you no background. The Quran doesn't give you any background. No background about Jesus. No background about Moses. There is none. There is no historical record of any of them. All you find is immediately Moses' invention. And it's all completely out of touch with reality. So this started me, you see, I had, I had to earn a living, I had to have a family, I got married, I've got children. So it took me 30 years of literally studying, studying, studying. But I didn't only study the Quran. I had to study the New Testament. I had to study the Hebrew Bible. I had to study Hinduism and Buddhism to compare and contrast. So it took time. But I'll tell you what, I honestly believe, and this is not a boast, I have had inspirations greater than anybody else before me. Mm, wow. I know it sounds like a boast, but it isn't. No, 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 no. I don't know you to boast ever, so let's be clear on that. Um, you are one of the most read and, to me, educated people. I definitely would say a scholar on all of these talks here. Uh, based because of your dedication to this, your life, you as well as I told people up front, you dedicated your life to this. About how I'm, I'm visualizing you back in Baghdad with your parents a moment, and I'm curious to ask you, IQ, because I've never asked you about how old was you when you when you first started studying this, when you're seeing the the disparities between the two. About how old? Eighteen. Okay. All right. Thank you. So I get it in context now. So you're just becoming a young man. Now, your parents, were they, um, how were their belief systems set up? They were secular. Really, they were secular. I'll tell you what. <clears throat> we used to have, we used to go to schools which are Christian schools. And the Jews and the Christians and the Buddhists and the Hindus, whoever was in the school, <laughs> celebrated Christmas. Not necessarily Jesus. You understand? Right. But it was an atmosphere. They celebrated the atmosphere. And this was the only time children were given any gifts Christmas wow. time. Now, did, did your parents have to hide a lot of that? No, there was no hiding. Okay. No, it, it, I mean, this was, don't forget, under the monarchy. Mm -hmm. This was at the time when I was growing up under the monarchy. And then when the monarchy was overthrown, that's it. Mm -hmm. That was the beginning of the end of Iraq. Iraq today is a dysfunctional state. Yeah. Yeah, and, and that dysfunctional state, if I said this to you, what would you say back? If I said to you, the dysfunctional state of Iraq that you speak about, this is not going to sound nice, by the way, but that the United States is a great deal responsible for the dysfunction of Iraq, what would you say back? Yes, partly, but people keep forgetting. Iraq is an Islamic state. Every single Islamic state on, the, on earth, 57 Muslim majority states, all of them are dysfunctional. Mm -hmm. you, sorry, I apologize. That's not true. Because the Emiratis are not like the same. These, the, the new ones who made peace with Israel, mm -hmm. they are the excluded. So I have to apologize. Two or three out of 57. But the majority of the remainder, all of them are dysfunctional. Where? Look at Syria. Look at Lebanon. Look at even Iran. Iran is collapsing, and Biden wants to save them. Hezbollah is collapsing, and Biden wants to save them. Why would Biden save them? 
I cannot believe there is a single advantage to America, not one. And correct me if I'm wrong. Can you show me a single advantage that America will gain by supporting the Ayatollah regime, terrorist regime of Iran? Can you? Well, our policies to the Middle East are about as screwed up as they've ever been. Um, we've never really had it right. In fact, uh, as I said to listeners just moments ago, and I don't know if you agree with this statement, IQ, but the one who came the closest to getting anywhere, and this is a big, I mean, it really, in, in my lifetime anyways, in that area, was the unorthodox approach that Donald Trump took to, the, to that area. You, you disagree or agree with that? A hundred percent, I agree with you. He understood Islam. He was the first one when he came to power. He said, from these Islamic states, we shall not allow terrorists to come. But he was condemned. Condemned by whom? By the very people who support terrorism. The yeah. Democrats. Yeah. Look know, what's happening at the border of America. Yeah. Do you know, I had to spend five to $6,000. And they have to go to a ringer to get an appointment with the American embassy to get my green card. And yet somebody can cross the border in America and have equal rights to me. Yeah. I can't believe this is happening, but it's happening. And it makes my blood boil. Yeah. In the context of the Middle East, and when you talk about Biden and you talk about the, the Democrats' relationship, and actually Republicans as well in our entire political establishment here, I get the sense that they use areas like the Middle East like you say, well, what sense does that make? Well, I don't think our policies out there have ever made, quite frankly, a lot of sense in my lifetime. But I, I get the feeling, IQ, that especially with our energy and the way we've dealt with uh, these geopolitical affairs in the Middle East uh, and Iran and the games that are played with the nuclear uh, uh, agreement there and, and all of that and the monies that were sent out on pallets and all of, you know, I, I get the sense with our political system back here at home, we sort of look, it's almost like the Middle East is a game for them. It's like it's like a sport. And I, I, I just get that odd sense that with both political parties, they're using the Middle East as a yo-yo. And actually, we're not doing it any justice at all. What do you say to that? I agree with you, but there is no advantage. Uh, sorry, I apologize again. There is advantage. If somebody wants to go to war to make mon money from the military industrial complex. Exactly. 100% yes, logic. Yeah. 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 Uh, uh, I rest my case, Your Honor. <laughs> uh, yeah, thank you. I do. I do. I rest my case. Yeah. yeah. That, that's exactly where I was, what you just said. Uh, that's exactly where I was, IQ. And uh, that was uh, uh, my, my sense in all of this. Um, so anyways, all right, let me, let me now get to the core of the situation. I really, let's peel this thing now. And uh, we open it up. So now let me ask you, I, I, I want to get right to the juggler here with this article and this overarching message about the Jews all over the world and the Western democracy abandonment of the Jews and the lessons that were not learned from, well, that's a good place to start, actually. Can you tell me right up front here, what are the lessons the world has not learned from the 1930s based on this topic? I have to be blunt as usual like you are blunt. When we speak about Western democracies, as I said in my article, is to do with Christianity. The whole of the Christian world has abandoned the, the Jews. They abandoned them during Hitler's time. I read an article, well, I was researching all the subjects, 
that when Jews wanted to go, when Hitler sent a ship to prove his point that nobody wants the Jews, they sent a ship to America. The prime minister of uh, Canada at the time, called Mackenzie, he said, one Jew is too many. This is historical record, not mine. So it's a repeat performance now. Every single administration, every single leader in the West knows that the billions of dollars that they are sending to the Palestinians, by the way, there never was a Palestinian people or a Palestinian nation, but it's another story. They're sending it to the Muslims. Hundreds of billions of dollars they sent it to them in the last 70 years for the United Nations and so on and so forth. What was the gain? Not an iota. Israel today outproduces the whole of the Islamic world 100 times in good stuff, in medicine, in exploration. You name it, they do it. Right. So what was the advantage or what is the advantage? It's hatred. All right. Well, and, and now stop there. Let me talk to you about that hatred now. And I just let me get let's get keep going back and forth and be as blunt as we can, because I don't understand a lot of this. And I want to understand it between you and Ilana today. I really want. So why are Jews so hated? Ah, I love the question. They are only hated by two groups of people, only two Muslims and Christians. Huh. And for both of them, they hate them because the Jews are obstinate not to leave their religion. Look, even the Catholic Church, the Pope was saying he wants to take from mass uh, part of the tradition in Catholicism, mm -hmm. which calls the Jews stupid for not taking up uh, Jesus. So it's, it's, it's the hatred in Islam, I understand it. The hatred in Islam is embedded in Muhammad's Quran, why in Muhammad's Quran? Because the Jews of Arabia, as well as the Christians of Arabia, as well as the pagans of Arabia, refused him. They knew he was a charlatan. So what did he do? He used force to terrorize them and then exterminate or exile both the Jews and the Christians. But what I cannot understand is the Christian point of view. The blood libel started with the Catholic Church 1700 years ago. This is a fact. It's not fiction. It's embedded. Then Martin Luther came. At the beginning, before he became very powerful, he was pro-Jewish. But when they refused to convert to his point of view, he became completely the opposite. The extermination of the Jews that Hitler did was the culmination of 1,700 years of Jew hatred by Christianity. And I dare anybody listening, anybody, to prove anything I said as either untrue or wrong. Hmm. And it's wow. not rational. Hitler, yeah. uh, sorry, Jesus is a Jew, was a Jew. The mother of Jesus, the mother of God, Jewish. The disciples, Jew. The first church, Jewish. And yet, Nazi Germans went to church on Sunday, believing in all this, while exterminating the Jews in the concentration camps. How do you explain it? Mm. 
Well, the biggest quandary I take out of all that is what you said a while ago here is the it's perplexing as to the Christian community, why they don't stand up for what's right Absolutely. and what's wrong. But you, we can take that further and even say this, IQ. What about the Democrat community, which I still can never figure this one out? I mean, as crazy as it is, the Democrats by far give uh, Jewish Americans give the votes to the Democrat Party, which has totally uh, not supported them or supported the movement. And that is about as screwed up as I can possibly understand. I'll tell you why. 70% of the Jews of America are not Jews. Not in the traditional way. I see. They are liberated Jews. They, 25%, of the young Jews in America think that Israel is an apartheid state. Now, you need to be really stupid. I mean, literally really stupid or an anti-Jew to say that, but they do. So what I'm getting at, it's not only that the Democrat Party, the Democrat Party threw the Jews under the bus when they allowed uh, Ilhan Omar and Rashida Tlaib. Two pieces of garbage they are. Two pieces of, by the way, if I use vile language, I'm allowed. Because remember what Ilhan, not Ilhan Omar, Rashida Tlaib said about the President of the United States of America? Mm-hmm. You remember? Yeah, we don't want to repeat it here, but I do exactly. remember. Exactly. <laughs> I'm being very polite. Yeah, so if I use extreme language, mm-hmm. I dare anybody to tell me to shut up. Well, they're not going to tell you on this network because we don't censor. We are, la- and I love what you say there because it just reminds me to remind listeners, listen, we can still have these conversations and I think you'll agree, IQ, and be ladies and gentlemen uh, and get the point across, right? Absolutely. I have no problem. You can bring a Nazi against me. I have no problem. Yeah. You bring a Muslim against me. I have no problem. I'll be very polite, but I shall completely and utterly dismember every part of his argument. Okay. All right. So it is, it, it is perplexing, but I, I guess um, the Christian community, I, I, you know, I, it's still, it's hard to wrap your arms around that as to why they have this disconnect and why they don't support, uh, first of all, the, the Jewish community in the state of Israel in the way that they should, and yet they don't. Uh, But yet what's really dumbfounded is they vote for the people uh, who don't support. I mean, the vote and the election is the disconnect to me. Why they support these sort of people in power who don't necessarily have their best interests at heart, IQ. I can't answer that, honestly. I can't answer that. But what puzzles me is not the 70% of Jews who are only 5 million in the whole of America. What puzzles me is the 90% or 85% who are Christian. After all, the Christians went and died, 10,000 of them died in the Crusades to keep Jerusalem Christian. One thing very important people got to understand. The Arabs conquered Jerusalem in 635-636 AD. It did not belong to the Arabs. It never belonged to the Arabs. It was Arab imperialism under the flag of Muhammad's Islam, conquered and subjugated and decimated the Jews and the Christians. And yet, Christians stand to nothing while Israel strike to protect Jerusalem. Now, you try to explain that to me. 
Right. Or let the Christian explain that to me. So listen, let me ask you this. Looking historically at this and going back to the era that you're speaking about, the origins of this, that most people don't really even know what you just said. And that's a great reminder or statement to put out there. The whole essence of everything we're talking about, uh, some people say this and some ignore it, but is this a religious war? It is 100%. Yeah. Yeah. Islam is, please, this is not only against Israel or the Jews. Every single Muslim, every, I'm going to modify, no, I'm going to make my statements accurate, more accurate. Every Sharia compliant Muslim of 1,500 million Muslims on planet Earth, is the eternal and mortal enemy of every single human being who's not a Muslim. That is all Christians, Buddhists, Hindus, Jews, agnostics, pagans, everybody. Okay? So it's not only Jews. It's a religious war against humanity. Yeah. Again, find somebody to protect, to attack me. Yeah. Well, uh, religious war against humanity, uh, that is a, a very good place to pause that thought right there. A re- and let's write that down, people, a religious war against humanity. Uh, and that, and I'm writing it right now, because that strikes a nerve with me uh, against humanity. Yeah. So, you know, looking at this then in the context and speaking to IQ, um, you know, I've already learned multiple things here and several things, I, you know, that we look at this in the context, sometimes we're looking at this through a different lens and we don't really see the core of the problem that we're speaking about. But what I get out of this is, again, stepping back and looking at Earth. Uh, and looking at humanity, when he, and that's why it strikes a nerve with me, the religious war against humanity. See, I see planet Earth as, as a fight, a, a battle. There's a, and I truly, I, every piece of my DNA believes what I tell you right now, uh, okay? There's a battle on Earth, and it is absolutely a battle of good and evil. And I can see this battle in a different lens than probably most people, I just do. And I'm able to step out of this conversation back to probably 50, 60,000 feet and see what's happening. And, and I believe, that's why I asked him the question, is this a religious war? He said, well, yeah, it's a religious war against humanity. So I see this battle on earth. And so the core of a lot of the things politically we, str- we struggle with in this era, because remember, every era of life, there are political people and political buffoons to lead us down the wrong path. And a lot of times it's trickery. The people who you think sometimes are doing you good or doing you evil. And there's a lot of that going on as you probably might suspect even. Uh, And we see a lot of that in today's world um, for sure with political leaders. Um, And more so what's happening is they confuse the public at large and the public at large, and then they get the momentum and the endorsement of the public at large to really do them harm, more harm than good. But again, when you look at this battle and what I see with good and evil and the wizardry of it all, uh, I think there's a lot of deceit in here. But, you know, this is a different version of what's happening today in humanity. And again, as we look at the times the earth has repopulated itself time and again, right? And this is another version of that probably happening in today's historical moments, I guess. 
Um, so I guess it is. We do want to frame this then probably as a religious war against humanity is what we're dealing with right now in the fight of good and evil. And then you've got your political buffoons and your players who are twisting and tainting all of this uh, for their own gain, uh, their own prosperity. And like IQ said moments ago, the military industrial complex has a smile and a grin on from ear to ear. And they do this for posture and in position and in total greed. But a lot of these people don't really care. And they don't really care because they're going to hell anyways. So why, they might as well do as much damage as they can while they're here. You know, I mean, think about it now. Most of the people in the context of what are going to hell and they know it and they're probably comfortable with that. And of course, many of them, I believe, are the disciples of Satan anyways. So listen, I'm, I'm just putting it out here, keeping it real. And I think that's why you have this battle now, because, you know, when the when when the bets are all off and the stakes are what they are. You tend to do these things. Um, you, humanity, humankind. We are kind of a freak of nature, aren't we? The human mind I'm speaking of now, really, you know, the good and evil and the way some people tick, it fascinates the hell out of me. The way some people like in my heart is good. You know that. I think I think good. I I think how do we fix that? How do we make it better? How do we raise all people up? You know, that's the goodness of people. And that's the camp I come from. But it, it strikes me. I'm always fascinated with this good and evil. It really drives me because there's so much evil and oftentimes it's with people you sometimes least suspect it but they have an uh, an ulterior agenda and it's scary as hell that's where we find ourselves today i think in a lot of these struggles so what i've always taken from this fight of the jewish community all around the world when iq says jews all over the world once again abandoned by western democracies i think jews are a threat i think it's a threat to because it's, it's a reminder of christianity and jesus and and the connection to humanity in the fight of good and evil. And I think it's a threat. I think these people are a threat. You know, it, so I think that's where, that's my layman's terms again. I'm, I'm not nearly as well-spoken as IQ is on this topic or, or who I'll introduce you to next in a moment here. But that's my, my way, the way I would size this up. I think they're a threat. I think the entire thing is a threat to the system of good and evil. And I think a lot of these people have indeed resigned themselves to going to hell, and they're probably just fine and perfect with it. Wow. I can't believe I said all that, but I did just the same here. Well, my fellow Americans, you're listening to the voice of a nation. It's a big topic today in this religious war against humanity. Uh, it just felt right when I read this uh, amazing article that IQ put out there. Uh, IQ is, is uh, by, by all means, uh, as I said to him off mic when he came on here, my, my brother from a different mother, for sure. No, because he has good in his heart, wants to make it right, wants to make the world a better place. Uh, I know, because we've talked plenty off mic and on mic over the years. Um, and that's what it's all about here. So. Uh, so listen, we're on Voice of a Nation here, and uh, we are having this big conversation. I want to remind you as well, as we pause here, to take care of yourself with Healthy Cell. Uh, we're going to have, you know, listen, and let me just say to you, we're going to have a fight ahead. I'm talking about all you cats out there that are a part of the good fight that are listening to me who know that we've got a battle here. And we've all, we've all been called in some fashion to action. But we have a calling within ourselves, just like I have a calling. And my calling is to do what I do here at America Out Loud. It's not accidental I'm here. It's not accidental you're hearing my voice. Nothing's accidental, people. There's a reason we're here. There's a reason we're on this battle. Believe me. 
there is. And so we've got to take care of ourselves in the process. I recommend Healthy Cell, healthycell.com forward slash out loud. There's an incredible array of products. I mean, REM sleep, focus to help you focus better, to help you sleep better, to help you feel better. Take your vitamins you take now. If you take them, I hope you're taking something, but take them and throw them in the trash. And then get onto this site and order things that are going to help the health of your cells to help you live longer, live healthier, live happier, feel better, and ready to take on uh, some of this evil we need to be fighting out there. We need all the people on the right lines here, for sure. One of the products I tell you about all the time in recent days is the Immune Super Boost. That's because it's got everything in there to fight any flu, any virus, any COVID. It's got the A, the D, the echinacea. It's got all the different... Uh, elements in there, zinc. There's so much in there. Um, so it's just, it's and it's in gel form, gel form. So it gets into your system quick and you feel the impact of that. And it just helps you. It, again, if you've got a healthy immune system, my fellow Americans, you can not worry about the mask, the vaccine or the rest of them. Uh, uh, well, I better stay a gentleman, but the rest of the minutiae they're throwing you here uh, that they want you to succumb to, right? Uh, it really is about staying healthy. So I recommend it, healthycell.com forward slash out loud. Our listeners get 20% off the first order. Just go there. You click the banner ad as well, back at americaoutloud.com. Listen, I've been taking it for over three and a half years. I wouldn't tell you it is what it is if it wasn't. It's great. It's a great company. It's a fantastic product. Give it a shot. See what you think and what it does for you. Well, listen, we're going to come back here in just a moment here. IQ Al Razuli will, will be on with us again. And we're going to bring on Ilana Friedman. We're going to continue on in this conversation. A lot more to talk about here in the religious war against humanity. You're listening to the voice of a nation. Our global experts are brilliant writers and engaging hosts on a mission of a lifetime. You'll find the latest news and inspiration on the front page of AmericaOutloud.com. Because of COVID-19, the average American worries about their immune health four times a day. That's 112 times per year. To minimize the worries, leading nutritional supplement company, Healthy Cell, created Immune Super Boost, an immune supplement that contains 15 full doses of science-backed nutrients like vitamin C, zinc, elderberry, and echinacea, all in a one-a-day pill-free gel pack. It tastes great, is convenient on the go, and it's more natural too, without chemical binders, fillers, and coatings. Supporting a strong and resilient immune system can be simple. Go to HealthyCell.com and use code OUTLOUD for 20% off your first order of Immune Super Boost. That's HealthyCell.com, H-E-A-L-T-H-Y-C-E-L-L, -E -L -L, and use code OUTLOUD for 20% off. As we celebrate our five-year anniversary, America Out Loud has expanded its mission through a newly designed website with a host of new contributors, all carrying a vibrant message of hope and survival for this country we love. AmericaOutloud.com. Together, we'll secure the future for generations to come. The silent majority has spoken. We say, let the silent voices be heard. You can be the voice of change. 
contact our producer at liberty at americaoutloud.com liberty at americaoutloud.com Thank you again, friends. And let's get started back here on this religious war against humanity. I want to bring on Ilana Friedman. Ilani has been with the network uh, really from the in- inception. I've known Ilana for many years. Uh, she's a veteran intelligence analyst, just a terrific voice, a beautiful spirit, uh, just an amazing human being. And uh, again, I would say she's, well, I would do say the same thing about Ilana I said about IQ. She's a sister from a different mother again, you see, because we, we have that similarities in the fight here we're doing. So we are talking about this, Ilana, and I guess the biggest question I, I, well, before I get to the biggest question, actually, I want to do the same thing with you. Give folks a little bit of your background, uh, the context of your, your ethnicity, where you come from, the time you spent there. Take just a, a minute or two and talk about that, please. Sure, thank you, Malcolm, for having me on. Um, This is a very important subject because as before in the 1930s, uh, before the Second World War, the same dynamics are at play in our own country and in the world that were at play then. And if we do not stop it, it will result in World War III without any question. So let me start by saying that um, um, I come to this because in my personal experience, my professional experience, I am an intelligence analyst. It's what I've been doing for over 30 years. I was trained in Israel uh, where I lived for 16 years. I lived there, I worked there, uh, and I was trained in the, um, the, the disciplines of intelligence analysis and living in the environment where terrorism was a possibility at any point in your day, at any place you happen to be. Um, It's something you learn to live with. It's something you stop being afraid of uh, on a day-to-day basis, but it's always there. And so this was, this is my background. And I came back to the United States because of family issues. I was really very happy living and working in Israel, but I, I had to come back. And so, uh, I came back at the end of the the last millennia and um, millennium, and I began working in uh, a related field of business intelligence until 9/11, and then I went right back into the the whole milieu of counterterrorism intelligence analysis and I did that for many many years mm-hmm. but now um, it's not so much about terrorism as it is about geo the, the geopolitical environment of the world today and the dynamics of how what is happening in one part of the world impacts on what is happening in other parts of the world and when we're talking about the um, the, the position that Jews of the world are in, and we look at the dynamics of how this war against the Jews is building again, just as it did in the 1930s, it becomes very relevant, not just to the Jews, but to all of us, 
because just as in the 1930s when the, the Nazis uh, built their power structure mm -hmm. and started to confine the Jews of Europe and eventually send them to concentration camps and murder them, uh, that happened even as people were saying it can never happen here. And they said it over and over again and they had opportunity, Jews of Europe had opportunity to leave and didn't because they didn't believe what was happening right in front of their eyes. Uh, and as a result, the Nazis murdered six million Jews, six million. Think about that a moment, six million, Ilana. And if that, if, as we look back in history, that all could have been avoided, but you're so right. It was right in, it was so blatant, it was so in your face, and yet it happened. And we look back now, uh, and it's striking. I mean, when you see a, 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 a train or a cabin like we have in that interesting photograph image with that article, I, you know, it moves a nerve in you to realize how they tortured and how they killed these people. I got to ask you right here at this point for this to see this repeat happen. And we'll dive into that a little bit more straight out. I'll ask you the same thing. Why are Jews so hated? Uh, it is a question that I have never understood. There was a time back in, I think, in the 15th century when a pope proclaimed that the Jews had murdered Jesus. And uh, it could have been earlier than that. Uh, I, I, I don't remember the exact details of who, which Pope said it and when, but that became a kind of mantra for the Catholic church. And I can remember as a child being called a dirty Jew because I killed Jesus. And because the Jews killed Jesus. What- um, Interesting. First of all, you know, before I go any further, mm. I want to say to the listeners that you that the article that IQ wrote and that is on the website America Out Loud, you need to read it. It is a must read because it is a very clear and very 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 concise mm -hmm. discussion explanation of what is happening here and why it is so important. And he ends it with a question, is never again on again? Mm -hmm. Never again, you remember um, that OAC misused that phrase uh, when she was talking about uh, the, the immigrants on the border who whom she said that Trump was imprisoning. I mean, she was completely off the wall, but that's not the point. Never again was a phrase that was used by the Jews after the Holocaust. It's a prayer and it's a warning that Jews have been saying that the Holocaust should never, must never happen again. And that what began in Europe in the 1930s and resulted in the murder of 6 million Jews and by the way, about 24 million other people um, for no other reason than their religion will never be allowed to happen again. And yet here we are. And just like in the 1930s, Jews in America and in the Western countries of the world are saying it can't happen here. But think about this, the Jews 
you asked me why why the Jews are so blind to it. Uh, Jews are, in, in my opinion, the canaries in the coal mine. What ha it happens to the Jews first. It's happened historically this way. The Jews have always been the first victims in wars, in uh, the taking over of territories, in what happened in, in Europe in the 1930s and 40s. Uh, and if we look at Israel as an example, Israel is a canary in the coal mine because what happens in Israel first happens elsewhere later on. And so I think we, we really need to take this seriously. And that's why I really highly recommend this article to every listener today. Uh, read the article. It's important. You need to know this information and you need to know this entire background of the world we are living in now. You know, about 10 years ago, I wrote an article um, called Five Minutes to Midnight. And I was talking about this whole environment in which we live, mm. which we refuse to, uh, to understand as a threat to everything that we know and love in America. Uh, and we are now probably three minutes to midnight. All right, so two it, thoughts here. I love the reference of that title, what you say there. Uh, and I will encourage you on air here to revamp that and rewrite that. I love that five minutes till midnight. Maybe that's a great follow-up to what this other one is here we're talking about. So let me encourage you to do that, Ilana. That's, uh, that's a very striking title and would get my attention to, to understand that. I want to bring, I want to be, stay right there, Ilana. I want to bring an IQ with us both now. And I, I've got to ask IQ, I, I didn't want to interrupt you, but I, I've got to have him respond to your um, your message there about uh, the, the killing of Jesus and the, uh, the, the the Jews, that that was being used, that that was a hate metric, uh, and you, which you, as you say, you grew up as, young, as a child even and knew that was being used against the Jewish people. Uh, Aq, I've never we've never talked about that. I'd like you to expand upon that, please. She is absolutely correct, but it started much earlier. Okay, it started after the uh, Emperor Constantine turned the pagan empire into Christian empire, and he gave the priests the top hand to decide what is right and what is wrong regarding religion, and from the very beginning they started discriminating against the Jews of the empire. This is 1700 years ago. It wasn't yesterday. And it, had nothing, it might have had some popes who elaborated more deeply, but it was the blood libel. It's called the blood libel. Mm -hmm. Now, my question to any thinking Christian, I'm talking about thinking Christian, how is it conceivable if you are a Christian who believes in a merciful God to blame all Jews for all time for something that happened 2,000 years ago. Question, simple question, something else, which nobody ever asked. They say the Jews killed Jesus. Let us assume the Jews helped the Romans in deciding to crucify Jesus. But if you read, and when you read the New Testament, Every single verse in the New Testament says that it was predicted in the Bible by the prophets. Mm 
Mm-hmm. Now, if it is predicted in the Bible by the prophets, it means predetermined, mm-hmm. predestined. Mm-hmm. Predestined by whom? By God, obviously. Yeah. Uh, IQ, when you started saying that, that's exactly where my heart was. I I, I love what you just said. Uh, The the predestined, that this was, I mean, this is historically what was going to happen. It was predetermined. Absolutely. And something very important. If something is predestined by God, nobody can change it. Not only this, every actor, whether he was a Jew, he was a pagan or a Roman, did exactly what was destined to be done. And something more important, if Jesus did not die on the cross and be resurrected, there is no Christianity. There is no purpose in Christianity. It doesn't exist without the death and resurrection. Are you with me? Oh, man, am I with you. important. So accusing the Jews of killing Jesus as if it was a barbaric act is absolutely stupid. It was predestined. If it was, if you believe in, in Jesus and the, and, the, and the New Testament, it's predestined. Yeah. And without this death and resurrection, there would have been no Christianity. In a way, death and, destri- death and resurrection, the Jews did you a favor. I know it sounds ridiculous, but it isn't ridiculous. I want people to rationalize things. I spent years coming to this conclusion. Years. Mm. Tell me if I'm wrong. No. And, you know, I've never talked, we've never talked about this in all the years on air. And I'm just so glad it came out when I asked that question, because it has been a a quandary to me for a long time. And so, Ilana, when I asked that question, uh, when you brought up the point of that, I knew I wanted to circle back to get the other side of the IQ. And I mean, it just, it makes sense. But, you know, we tend to let's put it this way, historically in humanity as people, and and let's call it what it is, Ilana. And, you know, I mean, we tend to not forget back, back to, we tend to hold things against cultures. We tend to hold things against people. Uh, There's a lack of forgiveness just on the basic core of that in life as a whole. I think that's a problem with humankind as, and I think that's what gets us into a lot of trouble, Ilana. You know, I think people try to rationalize the things that they don't understand and the way that they explain it is by coming up with these um, solutions, these answers to questions that really don't have any answers. And they do that very often at the expense of other people. Uh, And I think what has become a common thread throughout history is that when something goes wrong, the first thing that people do is they blame the Jews. Um, And that's been happening for thousands of years. This isn't new. Uh, And the Jews have been around for at least 4,000 years and maybe more. Mm -hmm. And uh, this is something that they have had to contend with. Um, for a very, very, very long time. I, and I don't know that that has changed very much in, in the days that we are in now, where you see people like um, the, the, the horrors that we see in Congress today, Rashida Tlaib and, and uh, uh, AOC and, and uh, um, Omar. Uh, Omar. Uh, yeah, Omar. Uh, 
Ilhan Omar, and, and these people who are spouting lies and, and anti-Jewish, uh, uh, just the thrust that they are doing verbally and, and, and they are disgracing Congress and they're disgracing themselves and they are hurting a, a very small portion of the American population. Jews represent probably 6% of the American population. And the fact that they are targets in a much, much bigger assault is really unbelievable. The, the, um, the amount of anti-Jewish attacks that took place in this past year is up 73% from what it was last year. I think the FBI reported over 1,200 attacks so far this year. If that's Against the case, the I don't. You hear part. hardly any part of that in the in the. The only thing I'm hearing with with ethnic attacks is the Asians because of the COVID flu. I hear that a lot, and I don't even see that. I just hear it. It's a spin they're trying to do. I don't. I mean, I hope uh, people are not accusing uh, you know the Asian people for the. Uh, conflicts of the uh, communist uh, China party. Uh, but you don't hear anything about what you say there, Alana. No, you, know, you won't hear it. And you barely hear it about the Asians. It, it, can't, it comes on the news occasionally, but it's, it's usually on something like Fox News or Newsmax or, or uh, Epic, uh, you know, Epic Times. Uh, you're not hearing it in the mainstream press. And, and the problem with that, of course, is that then people don't know about it and they say it will never happen here when it is already happening here. And that's the thing that IQ has made so clear in his article. And it's what I think the American people need to wake up as they say, wake up and smell the coffee because it is only by our waking up and stopping it yeah. Yeah. that we are going to be able to walk away from World War III. Yeah. And, and all of this is under a background, my fellow Americans, of a, of a change in political landscape around the world. Keep this in mind. Everything we're talking about here is happening in this changing landscape that is changing so quickly. Uh, and, you know, there was something that IQ had written about in that piece that got my attention. I, I want to talk to both Ilana and IQ about next. And that's going to be the statement. And he starts it with disturbingly. Well, you probably would agree this statement I give you right now is disturbingly. In the year 2021, the United States of America, Canada, and most of Europe are under the rules of socialist political parties. Well, I read that statement and I, and I about fell on the floor with that. And I thought, what the hell is he talking about? I mean, we're not a socialist. We're not. Well, yeah, we are. Well, I initially thought, well, what is he talking about? The United States? We're not a socialist country. And then you read it again. In the year 2021, the USA, Canada, and most of Europe are under the rules of socialist political parties. Well, that's actually a true statement. It's very accurate. We are under the guys in the rule of a socialist party. That's, I've been talking about that right along. The Democrat Party has been totally taken, and socialist is a kind word. It's another progressive word, actually. It's really Marxism. It's communism. That's what we're talking about here. And that's the infiltration of these people and the names that you hear come up about uh, these Rashida Tlaib and Ilhan Omar and AOC and all of these cancers and a whole bunch more of them have gotten into Congress as well. 
Because at the end of the day, I, I, I'm sad to state to you the affairs that too many of the American people are asleep at the wheel. You see, too, too many people are asleep at the wheel. They're not paying attention. And when you see what's even more disturbing is a lot of these leaders in the communities that continue, and this is a head scratcher, but to get elected to high office, it's mind boggling because they do nothing for their constituency. They do nothing for their communities whatsoever, but they're in it for other reasons. And it's an evil agenda. And there are so many of these, and it's not just in the Marxist Democrat party. Some of these are in the Rhino party as well. You see, both parties are a bit defunct today, quite frankly. And that's what we're dealing with. And that's how we're being governed. And what's really more explosive is big government is totally out of context. And they're a, they are absolutely runaway at this point. This, this was never about big, we're, we're in some areas now in our country that are so concerning States are losing their rights. The states made the federal government. The federal government didn't make the states. You know, a lot of people think the big federal government, you know, that that is, that is the big mama. That is the one who, that, it's not it. They answer to us. They answer to states. They, they, there is no federal government without the states. That's why it was the United States of America. Of course, right now, today, we could argue that there's nothing united about these states. We are divided. We're divided at every level. And so th that's another context to this story here. But the point that we're under the rules of socialist political parties plays to this bigger narrative why so many people have their eyes off the ball and why we're going down this road. And it plays again to this bigger story that Jews all over the world are again being abandoned by Western democracies. But quite frankly, the core of our politics here are not Western democracies anymore, where it's tainted with all this Marxism, all this cultural fanaticalism that's happening here, this uh, cultural uh, critical race theories and woke and cultures of cancel and historical um, ground shaking, changing the platform and the landscape of everything that was, that is us in uh, the proudness of this nation. So that plays to the bigger narrative of, remember I was telling you about the earth, the 50,000 foot view and the fight of good and evil. Well, that's where we're at right now. Look back, step out at 50,000 feet with me, will you please? Look back and see what's happening on earth right now. And you're gonna see what I see. And there it is. And back to what IQ was saying moments ago, and, 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 and I'm going to talk to them about what I'm going to tell you right now. This is kind of interesting now. Just came to me. But, you know, he talked about the death of Jesus and the blame on the Jews and that it was predestined. And we touched on that very touchy subject, and, and, but an important one. Well, the, the, the same thing could be happening about what's happening right now to America. Is this all predestined as well? It's just preordained to the outcome of what is supposed to happen next. Think about that. We'll join you on hour two on the other side of the pause here. You're listening to the voice of a nation. The heart and soul of a nation beckons the call. 
the voice of our forefathers heard in the distance. A house divided against itself cannot stand. To reclaim our honor, honor, honor. our soul. soul. The challenges of a generation call out. Future generations hang in the balance. We choose liberty. This is the voice of a nation. The nation. The nation. The nation. And now, Malcolm. There's a real struggle in America of good and evil. I mean, over the last 30 years, I've seen it in real time with, uh, you know, Bush, Clinton, Bush, Obama, Trump, and now Biden. And the takeover of the Democrat Party to the Marxist roots and where they are. You know, at the same time, JFK is rolling around in his grave. And the Democrat Party doesn't have a home anymore. And those people are left out in the cold as Marxism has taken a hold in America, which plays to the statement that IQ puts in that brilliant article, Jews all over the world once again abandoned by Western democracies. And he says in there disturbingly in the year 2021, the United States of America, Canada, most of Europe are under the rules of socialist political parties. Now, I want to sit back and say, you're lying. Stop it. That's that's a bold face. That's not true. That's what I want to say. Oh, it's a patriot, of course, that is. But he's it's an accurate statement, don't you think, potentially? I mean, that's probably very accurate. We are under the rules. And you see what's happening to our nation right now. How can you argue that? We are more and more becoming this socialist, communist, Marxist ideology, mentality. All of it, all the programs, all the cultural programs being shoved down your throat and the media at large, who is epic in all of this, ignorant, not really ignorant, because I, you have to know they have to know what they're doing. Of course, they, if they do know what they're doing, they also have to know that they're the first ones that are going to be put out of their misery if this thing takes a leap forward. They'll be the first ones put out of their misery. Interesting. And that is a repeat of history right there, for sure. It's a religious war against humanity we're talking about today on The Voice of a Nation. IQL Razuli and Ilana Friedman are here. Um, IQ wrote, uh, I think, a, a, an amazing piece. And when I read it and we looked at this and digested it and titled it and got it out there, Jews all over the world once again abandoned by Western democracies. Well, that's that's a statement. And that's a statement that needs to be backed up with facts. Or it's a lie, if not. But it's a statement that makes you think. And think, wow, is that really really, really the point here, huh? And then we talk about some of these predetermined, predestined uh, points here. Um, I, I want to go right there right now with you, IQ, and say to you, and I, and I, this is a big one. This is a big one. But it's something I think about a lot. Because of the fight I'm in here, Malcolm, and because of America Out Loud and our birth and what's taking place here. And I wonder this all the time when people, you know, I get a lot of different feedback and voices and thoughts, but... You know, with what's happening right now around the world, but more so here in the home of freedom, the home of liberty, that, that home is the United States of America. And we see what's taking place here in real time in political circles. And you never could have dreamt this, me in my life. I never dreamt this was going to happen now. I mean, I, again, I, let me just say to you, IQ, I knew as a young lad when I was 15 years old that God was going to use me for some driving principles ahead in my life. I didn't know where, I didn't know when, I didn't know how, 
but I knew I, I was going to be part of something ahead. I just knew it. I don't know why I knew it, but I knew it. I knew it at 15 years old. And I went on to a career in advertising and marketing and then abruptly left that because something was calling me. Something was calling me over here. Didn't know what it was or why, but I made this massive leap in my life. So now I'm wondering with this fight we're in, should we, are we doing it? Should we be here? Is this the fight we should be having? And I'm wondering, IQ, is uh, is this all predetermined, uh, predestained uh, that what's happening right now in the same way that you put out the era in what happened to Jesus of Nazareth? Is this the same thing now or not? Let me explain the difference. I didn't say that it was predestined because of God predestined it. I said, when you read a New Testament, this is exactly what it means. I do not believe that God created us with predestiny. Why? Simple reason. The Bible says we were created in the image of God and we have free will. The difference between humanity and Islam. Remember what I'm talking about. The difference between Christi Judeo-Christianity, especially, and Islam is in Islam, it is predestiny. Now, when Allah has predestined his ummah, which is the followers of Muhammad, and he predestined to hell, that Allah cannot be God. I sent you an article. God, Allah, is not the same as the God of the Bible. Allah was always the name of the supreme pagan god of Arabia centuries before Muhammad metamorphosed him into the god of the Bible. We have no predestiny. Only Islam has that. Hmm. But when you study the New Testament, all it says, it was predicted. Predicted means prophesied. Are you with me? It doesn't mean that all of our lives are predestined. Not at all. Jesus' life, according to the New Testament, was predestined. Read Matthew, read all of four Gospels. Almost in every chapter it tells you, go to chapter so-and-so in the Bible, prophet so-and-so said so-and-so. Okay. So it's wrong. We don't Janet. have predestiny. No, we are not predestined. You are free. I am free. Ilana is free. Every human being on the planet is actually free. But if they don't want to believe they are free, that's their problem, not mine. Mm -hmm. um, all right. Taking that for what you say at face value, and that's encouraging, you know, is the, I, I guess the way I would sum this here is uh, I've always understood in the belief of Sunday school that at some point America falls, IQ, that America is not here, uh, that uh, as the world turns and spins out of control, that uh, America collapses. Speak to that. Look, America was always exceptional, except when it started with Obama. I will never, ever change my mind about this. The collapse of the United States of America, the dismemberment, the complete disorganization of having people as ethnically against each other, socially against each other, started with Obama. In eight years of Obama, I'll repeat it to a million times, 
eight years of Obama caused more destruction in America in this, than 70 years of the Soviet Union. All the problems that you have started with Obama. And Biden is the third term of Obama. Biden is only the third term of Obama. You right. can change it, but who is going to change it? You've got to vote them out. If you don't vote them out in 2022, and I'm talking about a massive voting out, mm -hmm. by 2024, mm -hmm. you're finished. All right. All right. By the well, way, if, when America is finished, Western civilization is gone. Right, the world is finished. I get it. I mean, uh, yeah. All right. However, you, you didn't answer my question. Sorry, I missed something then. No, I mean, uh, I, I hear everything you just said, and, and I get it. But I'm asking you the reference to what we learned growing up, that at some point America falls. Well, I never heard of America failing. Never, I promise you. I have never, ever heard of America failing. I only realized it's failing when Obama came. So, I, and I hear that. You made the jump right to Obama. I get that. And we'll come back to that in a moment. But other than that, you're telling me in the context of everything you understand as a scholar that, that this, this collapse is not inevitable, it's not predetermined, and that you're saying to me that America does not fall and does not collapse. Only if Americans wake up. God helped only people who help themselves. Mm -hmm. This is history. Right. This is reality. If you don't help yourself, God doesn't help you. Oh, uh, that's for sure. I mean, listen, you're, you're, you're speaking my language here. Uh, when you, and listeners know that when you talk about free will, you're exactly right. And when you talk about, you know, yeah, I mean, God helps those who help themselves, not that people that stand out and expect it all to be done for them. I mean, that's a conservative belief to begin with, but it's an accurate one. We talk about it all the time here. I'm going to come back to you, you, you peeling that nerve about Obama in just a bit here. Elana, I want to ask you this. Let's bring in here now to talk about this same thing, this very, um, it just let's cut to the core of America on the collapse or fall of America, this predestined uh, point or statement I make. And IQ says back, well, no, that's not really the case. Do you have a different point of view or thought on that at all? I, I can't say that I believe in predestination. I do believe in free will. And I do think that the, if the, the potential fall of America is redeemable. I don't think it is predetermined. I don't think it is necessarily what is going to happen. I do think America is in danger of falling. Uh, we are dealing with uh, socialists on the one hand, and we're dealing with uh, 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 out of control mobs who are destroying our cities. But I would like to suggest something to you um, and to our listeners that maybe we haven't thought about before. The traditional way of demonstrating the relationships between political systems. And we've been talking about socialism and we've been talking about Nazi fascism. Mm -hmm. And the, the traditional way of demonstrating this has been a straight line, a horizontal line with the socialists on the far left and the fascists on the far right. What I'm going to suggest to you is that if you take that line, you take both ends and bring them up and make a circle, the fascists and the socialists are the same. They're touching. They're, they're not 
poles apart. They're exactly alike. They both believe in the government, that the government should, should and must control the people. They both believe that the government should control the means of production mm -hmm. and the revenues from the produc production that the government can then use to dole out to their political allies and to destroy their political enemies. It's simple. Yeah. And this is actually factually the way it was. The Nazi German, uh, Nazi Germany called their party the National Socialist German Workers Party. Mm -hmm. And they've always been referred to as the fascist right. The Soviet Union, which has always been called the communist left, is was exactly like the Nazis that they supplanted after the Second World War. They weren't opposite. They were exactly the same. So what, and, and they resulted, those two systems, the Nazis and the Soviets, they resulted in some 70 million people being killed on, on their watch. Yeah. 70 million people. That's, it, yeah. it, it's, it's, it's beyond any rational understanding. So if you do this, if you understand that, this, that the socialists and the fascists mm -hmm. are exactly the same and stand side by side in the spectrum of political ideology, mm -hmm then we need to look at what we are doing to our country right. as it moves towards socialism. It is also moving toward fascism. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. and yeah. we need to stop it. It must be stopped. And that is where our free will comes into play because it is mm -hmm. by something, an action which is on purpose that we end this debacle of turning what was a fantastic, brilliant country built on a brilliant uh, uh, ideology, democracy, leadership by the people, for the people. We, we need to return to that and not allow these people who are driving us towards socialism, fascist, fascism, uh, and and destroying our country. Yeah. We need to save the country. And I believe we can. Mm -hmm. That's that's okay. where our free will comes okay. into play. Well, I love your analysis there. And really what I get out of that, it's a stranglehold of uh, both of those extreme groups. You're so right. I, I love your analysis because I totally believe it's accurate. Uh, they are absolutely connected, which is why you see the far left and the far right. There's more in common with these lunatics than one would even admit. The real culprit in all, all this is the media, uh, the way they spin all of that. And the media, because they accuse a lot of, historically in what you've just pointed out, uh, they uh, blame that on the right, to Hitler and all of that. You're right, and the supremacy and that far right movement. And uh, that is absolutely connected with this. That's a, a valid point to make. IQ, let's have you weigh in on what Ilana puts out there, because I think it's a... Uh, uh, a, a very good analysis and point to make. What do you think about that? She is exactly 100% correct. You see, in your statements, you missed the part that I wrote in the article. I said in 1933, Hitler was elected chancellor of the Third Reich, and his nationalist Deutschland Arbeiter, the NSDAP, or the National Socialist German Workers' Party, it was a socialist party, not a right-wing party. Mm -hmm. You missed that part. Mm -hmm. She is 100% correct. They are fascists. There is no such thing as the left-wing extreme and the right-wing extreme. They are identical.
Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, they are identical, but they are extreme from from regular folks. Uh, and I think people are being strangled in the middle of this political conversation uh, because it's the way the media paints it. And speak about that. Let's talk about that a moment here. The picture that's being painted right now, I mean, in the cancer of this is the media. And I want to come back to this point of Obama in a moment because I've got a couple of real uh, blistering thoughts on that. But IQ, it, to level out that circle that Alana's talking about and the extreme points of views that we're speaking about here, but you have to admit the culprit in all of this, and I mean, really, the people who are driving this is, is got, it, it, to me, is the media at large, is it not? Correct. They are the ones who destroyed Trump. The media destroyed Trump. So what, what's in it for them? America. What's in it for them? Why, why are they so driven? Let's analyze that a moment. Why? Uh, if you want to analyze it, you've got to be super, super genius. You can't analyze it. They're making money. Look at them. CNN, MSNBC, all their ratings are below 50% because Trump is gone. He was making money for them. They're not there for America. They're not there for the truth. Well, why do they want Trump gone if they were making money with Trump in office? Well, they didn't realize it's going to collapse. They never figured that one out. They thought they can start with Biden. They made a mistake. America made a mistake. Well, I wouldn't say America made a mistake. I'll tell you why. Because it was a stolen election. Stolen, 100%. I never used the word, I think. I know it was stolen. On the 3rd of November, I was listening to all the reports up to 12 o'clock at night. At midnight, we calculated 279 votes for Trump. At midnight. Six hours later in the morning, it went all to Biden. Forget it. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's a, it's a moment we're still arguing today as states are still arguing and legislators in the states are still debating and, and other people are saying, get over it. It's done. Move on. And, you know, no, no, you don't move on. Sorry, you don't. If somebody did something wrong to me, mm -hmm. there is no way I let them get away with it. None. Doesn't. I wouldn't allow that. I will fight it to the end. You don't let it go. This was against the system. This was against mm -hmm. the so-called democracy of America. This was against the American people. Why? Because they cheated the American people. It's that simple. It's not complicated. Yeah. Well, this let's... is why the Democrats do not want the investigations to continue. If you haven't got something hidden and you are worried about it, why do you want to stop the investigation? Simple question. Yeah, we've talked about this uh, point we're speaking about right now with the elections. And the word I hear a lot out there, uh, my friends, is a constitutional crisis. If the wrong president did indeed get elected, then people say, well, we're in a constitutional crisis. But yet they these same people want to just keep going on with it just in pretending that everything that happened is true and i think the biggest constitutional crisis is in that we've got to fix whatever it is if it if that is what happened and we have what we're talking about and I, this gets in a complication of election and you know it's ironic that about every one of these conversations we have on about any topic uh, it almost always 
we never fail to bring up the election. It is a thread and an underlying a point of view here. And all of these stories we talk about, that election unequivocally is going to come up and we're going to talk about it somewhere. And here it is again, right here, when we're talking about this story here, because it changes the face of the game. It changes the way we look at these things. And historically, it changed all of it. There's a lot that's been unsaid and unwritten yet. The final chapter has not been written. Mark my words of that election in 2020. It's not been written yet. And a lot's going to be determined from this 2022 and 2024. A lot will be determined with what plays out there, but also the power grab that's happening in Washington, D.C. with the expansion of the Supreme Court, expansion of states, with the expansion of the military industrial complex, the uh, bankrupting of the nation, uh, the empowerment of the socialist Marxists. All of this is happening in real time right now across our country. All of this, everything I'm talking about. And, and yet there's silence. And our people are going along and our media outlets are going along like everything is business as usual. But yet when you look at what's really happening, the evidence that pours out every day, there's nothing normal or business as usual about what's taking place in our country right now. So I think people feel by, by far and large, Americans believe that we are legitimately losing our country. So when I ask the question about the lot and IQ, I mean, do we see America here in the future? You know, great powers typically don't have not lasted more than a couple of hundred years. When you look at great powers historically through time, America is an exceptional nation as we talk about, but yet, you know, 245 years in, you have to ask yourself now, you know, I remember again, as a young, young boy, when we celebrated the 200 years, right? 1976 was a big deal. It's like, wow, the bicentennial. Well, here we are now. We're approaching now. Guess what? Another magic number at that 250-year mark. It's going to be a magic, magic number. And that's right around the corner. And what do we look like at that point? Because it's going to tell us an awful lot. By the time we get to that point now, we'll kind of know where we're at. That's an interesting landmark, actually, to look at. Because we would have already had the midterm. We would have already had the next election. We would already know the trajectory of the nation. So let's discuss that a moment here, because I think we're going to know something by that time that with these next couple of elections, it's going to tell us where we're headed. Is it not, IQ? Yes, of course. But you don't have much time. Ilana is positive thinker. I like to be positive thinking, but I also want to be extremely, extremely careful and you know, make sure that I'm not over optimistic. I'm not opti very optimistic. If in 2022, the Democrats are not run out, you're finished. Simple. I'm not going to make it into a bigger story than this. Because there is no way on earth in 2024 that the Republicans can win. No way. And if the Republicans don't win 2024, yeah. America is done. Well, you know, I'm going to say to you that I've heard that argument so many times, IQ, that I don't entirely agree with you. Okay. I wish you the best. Yeah, I don't, I don't entirely agree with you. Because that statement has been said to be so many times over the last many elections. So either you have conviction in the cause and the route forward. Uh, the bigger question becomes how much pain do we need 
uh, before we get to the reality of what needs to happen? And that, that really is the bigger question, IQ. Well, I'll tell you what. Never in the history of America have you had what's happening today. Never. And something else is happening at the same time. By 2024, all the enemies of America will have gained power all over the world, China especially. They, it's not reversible. I gave you a written, I wrote an article, the Pacific Atlantic Alliance. If you don't have that, you cannot stand against China. No single country, not even a combination of few countries can stand against China. Not because they are super human beings, but because they are one and a half, 1.3, 1.4 billion people, very intelligent, very capable people, very determined government, very patriotic government. It's not happening in the West. You don't have the patriotism in the West because in, Amer in America today and in Europe today, patriotism is associated with Nazism. Can you That's believe right. that? That's I can. That's exactly what's happening. I can. Yeah. And a lot of that, again, gets back to the roots of what you brought up a little while ago, uh, Barack Obama. And of course, a lot of people, when we're having the conversation we're having right now, and you're talking in the context of how we're talking, they typically add his middle name in there just for the uh, party or pleasure of it. And they would say Barack Hussein Obama, just to remind you. Uh, so I, I tend not to do that because so many others do it, uh, but uh, where they add that in there. But it is Barack Obama that you speak about here. You know, it was asked to me many times, uh, and, and this is something I, I, I'm going to go here. And I, I wasn't sure we'd go here, but I, I'm actually because and, and don't blame me for going here. Blame IQ and Ilana. OK, uh, not me, because uh, they brought up, and more so IQ, uh, Barack Obama. And I wasn't planning to really, uh, didn't know we'd give that uh, some of the oxygen today. But that's okay. It's okay. It's part of this story here. Here's the thing. Uh, you know, when I was on a lot of the radio networks before America Out Loud all over the country, I was on a lot of these networks. Uh, and um, and I was asked the question many, if, you know, I guess I probably would say this, if I had a buck for every time I was asked the question, uh, I'd have made a few bucks, let's just say, uh, quite a few bucks, actually. And I, I was asked the question many times, this, bec it, 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 here's the question. Do you think Barack Obama is the Antichrist? And I was asked that many, many times, okay, that question right there. Uh, and here's the thing. The reason I was asked that question is because I railed against Obama, that term, uh, you know, I railed against him in a big way, number 44 there, and how he ever became president, it's mind-blowing, it's earth-shattering, actually, and how he took his hope and change campaign and mesmerized uh, the country and the world. It was a wave that swept the entire world, but there was so much damage, it was like a cancer rotting out the country from the inside out. In fact, and I'll even ask IQ this a little bit after here, um, is that uh, I, I believe it is a fact that Barack Obama put more Muslims in power in the United States government historically than we had ever seen before in the existence of our nation. He had done more damage from the inside out. He had put more Marxist leftist bureaucrats in these agencies. You want to see why the FBI, the CIA, the NSA, and all these uh, agencies are so damn corrupt? Well, that was all done through eight years of a Marxist regime. 
And then people talk about, well, who is he or where does he come from? Or, you know, again, shiny objects, the media and their shiny objects. You know, it's almost like the media is driving the train to hell. It's almost like they are Satan's disciples and they are driving us off the deep end because every part of these stories and these narratives always come back to the media. They are complicit in all of this. They are evil bastards. They really, they report nothing truthful anywhere. That's another, again, a part of this origins of why we rise here at America Out Loud to get the truth out. Uh, that's important. You know, it's important also to say that, uh, listen, I mean, we, sure, we're about free speech. We're, we're absolutely, I don't censor anybody. Now, I don't do hate. I don't want hate. I don't want that, that vileness of people. Absolutely not. But, but we're not censoring people from being real. Uh, you know, and that's important because there's so much of that happening today in the cancel culture and the woke and what's happening in the indoctrination of these generations and what's taking place here. We're paying a price for that right now. And so it's, that's why it's important that we see these uh, movements happen and why people have re relate to America out loud. It's why we're growing like a rocket ship, actually, because people are seeking us out. It's a, it's a different venue. It's a different venue. It's just, you know it when you go to the site immediately. There's something different about it. You, you know it. And I, I can't explain all of it other than it, it's just we're on that mission. And that mission is what makes us shine. And it's what we're about. So we're, we're about returning our country back to, well, what those amazing framers and founders seen in this American experiment, this beautiful, beautiful, shiny city on a hill, and the gift back to, uh, to this planet, to what America is, American exceptionalism, everything that Obama railed against uh, is what we stand for. So when IQ makes the point of patriotism, he's right. It has become almost like a Nazi supremacy, far right wing lunatic group. When you stand there, you put your hand on your heart. And for me, I get goosebumps with the flag and the national anthem playing. I, I totally get goosebumps. I mean, I melt at the, at the sign and the feeling of our patriotism, or I get passionate and powerful at thinking about what America is and our great nation, that's patriotism. And of course, in that, and, and to be clear with you all, the picture the media has painted is so wrong. I mean, we are about all people. We know God's people coming all. That's a beautiful part of America is the diversity of America. Let's get that through your head right now. We're black, we're brown, we're white, we're yellow, we're beige, we're tawny beige, we're everything in between. We don't look alike. We don't act alike. We're not supposed to be alike. We have different feelings, different thoughts, different ideas. And it's supposed to be that way. So what they look as part of the problem when they talk about it running around like looking at squirrels in the forest. Oh, there's another one. Racist, 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 racist. Everything that moves is racist today. My fellow Americans, if everything is racist, then nothing is racist. Mm. The danger they do and what take place in our country, our nation, our people is remarkable right now is evil just permeates through the air and we see it consistently here. I want to um, peel that on you next with the Ilana and IQ as we pause here. And uh, this, uh, I, well, I, I've got a few things about my railing against Obama and what he brought to the game. Um, you know, you know, the question again, I, you know, all right, everything being equal. 
And, and I think I've asked this question. I may have even asked the question to them before on a, on a, a previous broadcast. I don't know. But when the question has been asked to me, is, is uh, Barack Obama, and they usually ask it, is Barack Hussein Obama the Antichrist, do you think? And again, I've been asked that question many times, and, I, and I've answered it back very directly. I'll give you my answer after the pause here and tell you what I told people back, and then we'll get to Ilana and IQ's perception. We'll open up the mics, and we'll duke it out, all of us here. My fellow Americans, you're listening to The Voice of a Nation. Listen to Malcolm, The Voice of a Nation, on iHeartRadio or our free apps on Apple, Android, or Alexa. Each of us is born with 30 trillion cells that make us. These cells determine how we feel, perform, sleep, focus, and how long we live. And to live our best life, all we have to do is feed ourselves. But most food and supplements don't reach our cells, keeping us from reaching our full potential. Make every cell count with Healthy Cell. Founded with a mission to empower people to take control of their own health at the most fundamental level, Dr. Vincent Jampapa, world-renowned cell researcher and medical doctor, created supplements that work at the cellular level to boost immune health, sleep better, focus deeper, and stay younger longer. Go to HealthyCell.com and use code OUTLOUD for 20% off your first order of any product. And that's HealthyCell.com, H-E-A-L-T-H-Y-C-E-L-L. And use code OUTLOUD for 20% off. It was a vision that gave birth to a unique multimedia platform that would combine classic talk radio, great writers, and memorable podcasts and videos. AmericaOutloud.com is a conservative leader in a field that is predominantly run by far-left progressive globalists. Welcome to the new era in communications, America Out Loud Talk Radio. in round four here on the voice of a nation it is malcolm out loud yours truly here and thank you for being with us on the mission here uh we're speaking about a big deal today big topic a religious war against humanity and we're doing it with two uh, great voices two friends uh two strong uh, patriots on the platform here ilana friedman and iq al Razuli join me on this the article we've referenced throughout the program is Jews all over the world, once again, abandoned by Western democracies. All of the roads we're talking about, all of these evil roads, they all lead to a specific place. And all of these various conversations we're having, they all overlap each other. Uh, and they all weave a story, basically. And again, it's that story I'll tell you about all the time. Just step back, step off the earth with me at 50,000, come back, back about 50,000 feet and look back in. And let's, or, or let's go with a lot of these bozos and the oligarchs are going right now. We'll go to the edge of the earth where we can see the curvature, okay? Just at the outer elements of space. Let's do that, man, okay? And let's look back and see what we see. Do we like what we see? And if not, how do we change that, right? And, and, you know, pretty heavy conversation today. Uh, it's a kind of conversation that makes you think a little bit. I love these kinds of talks because not that we have all the answers or anybody has all the answers. It's not possible. 
Uh, it's a hypothetical at best. We're talking about predetermined. A lot of says, well, I don't think anything is predetermined. Um, yeah, we all, that's diversity of opinion. We all have an opinion here. All right. So I was asked that question many times when I was on the national networks. Let me just cut right to the chase here. Do you think Barack Hussein Obama is the antichrist? And I answered it. Sorry. And I answered it back this way many, many times. I said, no, I don't think he's the antichrist, but I think he's related. He's potentially a distant cousin or somebody like that. He's absolutely related to the family, but I don't know that he's the actual one was my answer back. Now, IQ, you jumped the gun a little bit there. You wanna, you, you've got something on your mind, answer that question. So answer me back uh, with what I say there, your, your point I of view. I apologize, I jumped, I'm sorry. No, because <laughs> he is not the antichrist because the whole of Islam is antichrist. You've got to understand that. Islam does not believe that Jesus was the son of God or that Mary was the mother of God. I'm talking from the point of view of Christianity. It's very important from the point of view of Christianity. So Islam negates Christianity completely. Jesus is not the son of God. So what do you have? Well, but listen, let me just say back to you for a moment. I agree with what you say there, but so do anybody who's atheist or even agnostic who doesn't understand would also say the same thing or think sure. the same way. Yes, right? but they don't go and kill them. They don't go and subjugate Christians. Uh... They don't go and rape them and dispossess them and slaughter them. Look what's happening in Africa as I'm speaking to you. Mm -hmm. Thousands, I'm talking about tens of thousands in Mozambique, in Angola, in the Congo Republic, have been dislocated. They're, they're Christians. And nobody in the West is saying anything. It's not only about the Jews, by the way. I gave, I gave you articles about the most persecuted people on the planet Earth today in the 21st century are Christians by Muslims. And nobody says anything. Nobody. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Ilana, let's weigh in there. The same question back. And then, uh, so is he, your opinion, the Antichrist or are you related somehow? Well, I'm not going to, I'm not going to go there. It's very interesting because uh, Jews also do not recognize Jesus as the son of God or Mary as the, the mother of Jesus, of, of the son of God. But, but the Jews came first. The Jews came before the Christians. The early Christians, as, as IQ has already pointed out, the early Christians were Jews. Um, and the difference between that, between the Jews and the Muslims, is that the Muslims came after Christianity and they rejected it. it there's a big difference there. Um, the Jewish religion is based on a foundation that was built before Christianity existed. Okay. The Muslims came along and rejected Christianity uh, in, in very strong terms. Mm -hmm. And in fact, you know, when ISIS went into um, Iraq mm -hmm. and into Syria, they murdered people, Christians, in the thousands, there were, they dug up um, after the war and when ISIS was gone, the, the, the remains of thousands of people in mass graves was 
in it was horrifying that ISIS went through Iraq, drove the Christians out of their their homes where their ancestors had lived for hundreds and even a thousand years. And they were driven out if they did not pay the jizya, the tax uh, to Muslims, if they did not convert to Islam, they had the choice of being driven from their homes or being killed. That was not much of a choice, but that's, that is what happened. And thousands of Christians were brutally murdered, were brutally driven out of their homes mm-hmm. with only the shirts on their back. They couldn't okay. take anything. Let me them. ask you this. So do, this do you believe yeah, so, that the Muslims are the most, is that the, is that the evil uh, axis of, I mean, is that it? Is that equivalent to what I'm asking the question about the Antichrist? Is, is Islam the enemy? Uh, I don't think, I, I don't want to say that Islam is the enemy. I think Islam, is it, as it is practiced in its, in its extreme form, is, the, is definitely one of the enemies, but it's not the only enemy. We were talking about socialism and fascism before. That's one of the enemies, and, it, and th- there, this is not necessarily right. related to religion as much as it's related to politics. Okay. All right. Now, stay right there, Alana. I'm going to do something here that's important here. And uh, IQ, I, I, I need to talk to you a moment here because, and it's just, you know, again, you just heard Alana. I'm going to bet to guess here uh, that you completely disagree with what was just said because I heard some key words there like uh, speaking about Islam itself, she talked about extreme and you would say there are no shades of Islam. I can hear you in my ears already. And you would, you would, you would dispose of what was just said. Yes or no? hundred percent. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. No, yeah. Ilana, I love her. I respect her. Regardless. Her. Let's see, hear your truth. Yeah, yeah, Go yeah. Ahead, please. I'm telling you, I don't mince my words because I know what I'm talking about. This is my subject. There are no shades in Islam. Mm-hmm. And the one who said it was Erdogan of Turkey, who five years ago told the union, European Union leaders, I'm sick and tired of you talking about this Islam and this Islam and this Islam. Islam is one. That's it. Sharia compliant. So there are no shades in Islam. And Islam is not the Antichrist. Okay. Islam is the enemy of every human being on the planet who's not a Muslim. Simple, right. not right. complicated. So IQ, yeah, as long as I've known you, you have never changed your story from the point you make right there. I mean, you have been, you've been, I mean, right on that because your life, you've committed your life to the point of what you just said. And I know you have. What I want to ask is this. Ilana, you made the point that a lot of political people here would make in the U.S., uh, back to the extreme point, that they're only extreme, that would be the problem, and that there are shades of Islam, more or less, and that it is a religion, and so on and so forth. That really is the core of part of this argument we're having that is out there. And I want to say something else. You don't hear a lot right now about what we're talking about in the media, and the only way you're going to hear this next is when the next big terrorist uh, strike happens. Something It will happen. It's only a matter of hours and days and weeks or months. It will happen. There will be just like the time when they went out there and chopped all their heads off and humanity and people said, what? You don't do that, do you? I mean, no, but they did all this. He's sort of like when they threw, flew the, the planes into the towers or when they killed Christians by the, still creating, killing them by the thousands today. 
So it, it only is a problem unless it gets the world's attention and it speaks up. Other than that, this stuff goes on every day like it's nothing. So Ilana, I guess what I'm wondering is, since we have two different belief systems with you and IQ on here, how do we convince people like yourself? Because you, there are many like you back here at home who would think there are shades of Islam and that is not, well, how do we say back to uh, IQ that it's not the cancer that we're saying it is? What's the answer back? IQ said something very significant when he referred to there's only one Islam, Sharia compliant Islam. Mm -hmm. my, my, my point is, and I'm not making a big point of this because with as far as Sharia compliant Islam is concerned, I am completely in IQ's court. I agree with him 100%. Uh, what I am what I am, what I struggle with is that there are Muslims who are not Sharia compliant, who do believe in democracy, believe in Islam in some level, and somehow they reject the parts of the of the Quran, and there are many of them that support Sharia. That it, it, the the Quran is all about Sharia, and but they reject the the things that that. Well, we and the question is, Alana, how can they still be uh, worship in Islam? How can they still be a Muslim if they're not honoring the, the Quran is the question, right? Well, it's a very good it's a very good question. I don't know. And I don't know the okay. answer because okay. uh, I'm I'm where right. my expertise lies is with Sharia compliant Muslims who are terrorists. Okay. All right. Well, I got some um, good news for you. I've got somebody here who does know the answer to that IQ. What is it? Very simple. According to Islam, if you're not Sharia compliant, you're not a Muslim. Very simple. She's right. Uh, yeah. She said some of them who don't believe, but it's not a matter of what they believe or not believe. Mm -hmm. I have to go to the source. The Islamic source says it's very simple. By the way, there is not a single imam on earth who can contradict this, what I'm saying. If you're not Sharia compliant, you are not a Muslim. Mm -hmm. ISIS, I said it before. While Osama bin Laden and Al-Qaeda followed the Quran and Sharia word by word, ISIS followed the Quran and Sharia letter by letter, comma by comma, and dot by dot. They are the most perfect Islamic entity. And all the news media who tell you they are extremists are either utterly stupid, which they are, or criminally negligent. And, and Alana, that's really the core of what irritates me the most is this media. They're so complicit in their in their BS and their their agenda, which is hard to figure out on days. But it is an evil agenda just the same, isn't it? Oh, absolutely. I I I have I have no disagreement with that. They, it is so evil. Mm -hmm. And when you think about the way in which they practice their religion. And at, at, with such brutality on people who yeah. don't agree with them, yeah. um, you can't, you can't, un there's no way to understand this kind of evil. I know, I can't. The only thing I you can't. can do is try to get rid of it. Yeah. And you know, I, Ilana, I want to share with you, um, it's funny because uh, you're both so respectful and I so appreciate you both in the conversation. But when I asked IQ that, I mean, I, I, he said back what I was hoping or thinking he might say that you were actually right the way you had uh, isolated that. Uh, but there, I, the semantics are that they really aren't uh, 
Muslims anymore. They say they are, but if we're following the rules and the bouncing ball to what is exactly what is uh, that you honor the Quran and that you are Sharia compliant and that you fall into that, well, that would make you that. And if you're not, then you're not that. But there are a lot of people still trying to carry that torch. I struggled with this, actually, uh, when it first came up. And, you know, IQ, when I first met you years ago, I was struggling because I was in the media world and uh, I was never a PC kind of guy, but I was always a gentleman. There's a difference between being a gentleman and not being PC. I mean, I'm going to be direct and accurate, uh, and I may say something that offends you, but I will always do my best to remain a gentleman. You see, it's a fine line. And I remember that happening a lot with that talk about uh, Islam and Muslims and all of that. And then having gotten to know you, you, you painted a totally different picture and opened up a few eyebrows. Um, but you see, that's a struggle for a lot of people. So I guess the quandary of the question, you've dedicated your life IQ to trying to wake people up. But, you know, Ilana would also be in the capacity, there are millions like her who literally still believe they are Muslims indeed, because they call themselves that, even though they don't honor any of the Quran, they're not Sharia compliant. So what are they exactly? Apostates, subject to death and destruction by Muslims. I'm not exaggerating, by the way, I want the American listener to understand this. All I am discussing is Islamic belief. I'm not attacking Muslims. Huge difference. Okay. Huge difference. This is not an attack on people. I destroy and have succeeded in destroying every single chapter of the Quran. Mm -hmm. Not because I said so, based on the Quranic verses. I use the Quran and Hadith to destroy them. It's that simple. But yeah. it took 30 years. Um, the word you said a moment ago, I want to clarify. Did you say apostates? Yes, they are yeah, apostates. Okay. I just want to make sure. Okay, good. Yeah, and that's obviously what they are, for sure, which would make them subject to death, correct? Death and destruction, yes, exactly. Look, there are no, there is not a single verse in Muhammad's Quran. There is not a single operative verse in Muhammad's Quran that shows mercy to people who do not believe in Islam, in Muhammad's version of Islam. Simple. It, there is not a single verse. There are 6,236 verses. Not one of them shows any love and compassion. Not one. Mm. Yeah, it's, it's, uh, it's fascinating. And trying to teach the world this is uh, remarkable. Um, Ilana, uh, I think in all my time and, uh, uh, you know, uh, IQ believes that is the center of the fight here uh, very much when it comes to the fight of Christianity and the fight of Jews uh, and the fight of ignorance comes back to uh, to Islam uh, being the enemy uh, and at the center of this debate and conversation. Um, your your final thoughts on that, Ilana? Well, I I I wish there were simple answers to these very very complicated questions, um, and I'm 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 very discouraged sometimes when when the, the complexities of these questions are simplified by the mainstream press and the, and, and the, the politicians who want to see everything in black and white so they can make their point. Um, I, I think we have 
really got to work at sorting this out and figuring out how we, how we save our country, which is what we started to talk about, how we, how we are fair and, and, and reasonable and uh, in, in the sense that we are not attacking people simply because of the color of their skin or because of their religion. We started talking about how the Jews are so vulnerable right now. And they are, and they are, in my opinion, they are, we are the, car the canaries in the coal mine. And if we don't pay attention to the Jews of America, the Jews of the world, the Americans of the world, who believe in what this country has always stood for mm -hmm. as a, and as a light to the nations, then we will fail. And well, let me I say something back to you here. Let me say something back to you, and that's this. Well, then I would recommend that the Jewish population, the Jewish community, and Jewish Americans uh, stand up, pay attention, and stop voting for Marxist Democrats. Well, but remember that the Jews are only represent six percent of the population here. So even if well, that's not an excuse. That's that's not what you say is that's not an excuse. It's, no, it's not an excuse. It just I'm just saying that it wouldn't make that much of a difference. Yes, it would make a difference. It would make a difference because all these ethnic groups continue to vote for Democrats. It does make a difference. I'm going to disagree with you. It absolutely makes a difference. I, no, I I'm think talking yeah. about the numbers, Mal Malcolm. I'm talking about the numbers. Yeah, well, let, let, IQ, let me ask you here. Let, all right. Well, I, 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 I just, I think it yeah. matters. I think IQ, I want you to get your last word here, but here's the thing. I think it matters. I think, you know, the, the Jewish people want to be represented. They want to know, well, why are so many people against us? How about they stand up for what's right and stop voting for Marxist Democrats in office? And you say what, sir? I agree with you. Ilana, with all due respect, let me explain something to you. The rise of anti-Jewish feeling in Europe and America started because the Muslims are there. There would have been not the same intensity of homegrown Nazism in Europe. Mm -hmm. It is the Muslims who created the hatred and the Muslims who are continuing to create the hatred. You have only three people in Congress, Ilhan Omar, Rashida Tlaib, and somebody else, they are making more destruction in them in Congress, more anti-Jewish feeling. There's no anti-Semitism. Anti-Semitism never existed. Okay? Yeah. This is anti-Jewish. And yet, out of 330 million Americans, not one, not a single one, has the backbone to stand up and say, hey, but you are a Muslim. You are the enemy of every human being on the planet. You are Sharia compliant. Ilhan Omar wears a hijab. She is Sharia compliant. Mm -hmm. Linda Sassour, she loves Sharia. If they love Sharia, and Sharia is the nemesis of the American Constitution, so what are they doing in America? They're undermining it. Yeah. And, Not and, one single person, 330 million. Yeah, well, and, and I'll have a, a news bulletin for you. Uh, it's more than just those two or three, by the way. In the last election, that was expanded greatly. And there's a bigger core now, quite frankly, of people who would support that agenda. It is a much larger group. Uh, and, and there's more control on the left, uh, the uh, far extreme left lunatic Marxist uh, part of that party, which has swallowed that party whole and has now made it the Marxist Democrat Party of America. Repeat after me, people. Marxist Democrat 
party of America. That's what we're looking at right there. That's who they are. They're not the Democrat Party, period. So I would say to you, my final word is this. Uh, you know, back to this, uh, uh, where we started this story here about uh, the Jews all over the world, once again, abandoned by Western democracies. Maybe I would suggest back, maybe the Jews all over the world would stand up for what they need to stand up for and stop voting for these uh, far left lunatic, crazy people in office to begin with. That would be my answer back. You see? Right? Is that so I hard agree. to imagine? You agree with that? Yeah, 100%, of course. You've got to be irrational. This is irrational behavior. Uh, right. Malcolm, I also agree with you. I, 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 didn't, I did not mean to say that there was no responsibility on the part of Jewish Americans. There is tremendous responsibility. And it is very important that Jews wake up because as, I, as, as okay. the role of canaries in the coal mine, okay. if, you, if they do not wake up, and start standing up for what we're supposed to be believing in in this country, they will be the first ones to be attacked when the time comes. Amen, amen. All right, so we hit a few nerves here. We hit a few nerves. I know I hit some herbs, uh, some uh, nerves, uh, could be herbs, but nerves with uh, Ilana and IQ as well. And I'm sure we hit a few nerves with you out there. Um, you know, I, I can't, you, you know, all these kinds of conversations, not that we've resolved them, but I think we're better informed, actually. Um, this bouncing ball today on the program is pretty incredible, actually. Uh, it's, it's definitely a program we need to rewind and listen again when this goes to podcast. All the programs on The Voice of a Nation do go to podcast uh, within two days from when you hear it here on talk radio, on America Out Loud talk radio. Uh, it does go to podcast. You can get it right there at americaoutloud.com. This is one of those episodes you're going to want to rewind and play it out and make some notes on it. But there's a lot to learn from what we just talked about. First of all, you have two brilliant minds. IQ, Al Rizzoli, Ilana Friedman, two brilliant, brilliant minds. Uh, they're, they're amazing people. And they bring their truth, li like it or leave it, love it, like it, leave it. You know, it's their truth and they put it out there. And that's why I like them both. And, and I love the, the point that we all don't have to agree. It's important we don't. Uh, people who like each other can still be respectful and not have to agree on every principal point. You see the lesson here? That's an important one. And I just want you to take that from here because the, that doesn't happen a lot in the world anymore. And we have to be the, the, the ring bearers of that to bring that back here in our great country. Uh, big thank you, great hugs both to Ilana Friedman, IQ Al Razuli, and big hugs to you out there, my fellow Americans, for being with me on the journey here. It's time to get involved and get loud.